Welcome back to another episode of the Geek Roundtable. This is episode number 35. I am your host, Kenny, and joining me for today's roundtable are my good friends, Jenny, Joe, Michael, Barry, and Jason. Today's roundtable topic, Stranger Things. We're going to jump right into the roundtable. We had so much fun discussing Stranger Things, so we just want to jump right to it. So let's go ahead and take a listen to our roundtable on Stranger Things. main topic today's roundtable we're going to be discussing stranger things joining me for today's roundtable are my good friends jenny hello barry that's me jason hey michael hi and joe bonjour no <laughs> why not uh, that barry has a tagline now <laughs> it's very italian though that's a me <laughs> Stranger Things is an American science fiction horror web television series. I love that web series are now like uh, yeah. Back in the day, well, with we're gonna the guild have and to talk about that. <laughs> um, it's created by the Duffer Brothers and released on Netflix. The series stars an ensemble cast: Winona Ryder, David Harbour, Finn Wolfhard, Neely Bobby Brown, Gatton Matarazzo, Matarazzo. Caleb McLaughlin, Noah Schnapp, uh, Sadie Sink, Natalie Dyer, Charlie Hinton, Joe Heary, Cara Buono, and Bakri. Montgomery. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> you can fix that in post. You can fix oh, all yeah. that in post. Uh, so far, it's ran for three seasons, 25 episodes total. There were eight in season one, nine in season two, eight in season three. Duffer Brothers developed the series as a mix of investigative drama alongside supernatural elements portrayed with horror, science fiction, and childlike sensibilities. Setting the series in the early 80s, the Duffer Brothers infused references to pop culture of that decade, while several themes, directorial aspects, were inspired primarily by the works of Spielberg, Carpenter, and King, as well as anime and video games. They also took inspiration from experiences from the Cold War and real-world conspiracy theories involving secret government experiments. Stranger Things has attracted record viewership on Netflix and has a broad, active international fan base. The series has received critical acclaim for its characterization, pacing, atmosphere, acting, soundtrack, directing, writing, and homages to the 1980s film. The series has received multiple awards and nominations, including 39 Primetime Emmy Award nominations and six wins, Four Golden Globe Award nominations, British Academy Television Award nomination, two Director Guilds of America nominations, and the list goes on and on and on. All right. And on, so, yeah. And on, yes. Let's go ahead and start with the first question, obviously. When did you watch Stranger Things? Were you one of the first viewers? Did you hear about it later on and had to watch it? Did you watch it last week for the first time? <laughs> uh, Joe, why don't you start us off? Oh, uh, I was two or three weeks late to the Stranger Things party. Uh, Everybody else I knew had already discovered it, and they kept telling me how much I'd love. Hey, you got to watch it. You you haven't seen it? You got to watch it. You're going to love it. And for some reason, things like that have this weird 20% chance of turning me off of trying a show Mm. for no other reason than a pride thing, I think. Like, if I didn't discover it, F you. Don't tell me what I'll like. And so... (laughs) Like I kind of sat on the sidelines for a few weeks and then finally had like 
a vacation off of work for about a week and decided to throw this thing in. And my wife and I watched the first episode and we were hooked. Like we, we couldn't stop watching it. And I was like, how dumb am I that I've waited this long? And absolutely everybody was right. I just fell in love with this thing. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Jenny, why don't you tell us first time you saw it? Well, um, I, my husband and I watched the first episode, like as soon as it came out. And we both loved it. But because of our schedules, I, I have one of those husbands where we make a deal. We're like, you can't watch it without me, though. Like, don't watch it without me. Yeah. And it took weeks. <laughs> In fact, the whole season was done. By the time we found a time, we could sit down and watch it again. So we actually started over mm. and binged the whole thing, which I actually think worked better for us because that would have driven me crazy having to wait week after week because it was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, cool. so we were on the bandwagon, but then because of our schedules, got off the bandwagon and we had to catch up. Great. How about you, Barry? Uh, my family and I watched it. I think I remember watching it right when it dropped in 2016. Um, and it was funny. You were just mentioning how, like, it's eight episodes, nine episodes. Like, I really feel like it was, like, 13 episodes. Like, there's so <laughs> much that happens in each of those seasons. It just – yeah. my kids were hooked. Like, and I'm – we all are eighties kids. Obviously we talked about, we've talked about that, but uh, you know, just watching all the references and stuff. So uh, it was fun to experience that with my kids because they didn't go through the time, the age that we went through, but for Mm -hmm. them to see it was kind of fun. Yeah. How about you, Michael? Uh, Watched it when it first came out and with my girlfriend and that is now um, we have this staple statement that happened, I think at that viewing of like, who's going to be the adult. Because when you start binge watching this and you don't stop till five o'clock in the morning, <laughs> you have to go to work at seven a.m. Yeah, like somebody has to be the adult and say we're going to stop, and neither of us did, and we watched the entire thing, and we've done it with every single season. Wow, you just kind of work tired and happy, like <laughs> I, like I, I literally like this felt like every '80s movie. Totally. You know, piece of my child as a child uh, playing D and D at that age, like this was everything to me. Like yeah. watching that was awesome. Yeah, Jason, how about you? Well, first of all, Michael, Jenny, I'd just like to um, congratulate you on having um, significant others that actually enjoy things that you enjoy. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I feel quite honored. <laughs> it's it's a lot more rare than you'd think. My wife doesn't like anything I watch, so in general, I can get away with streaming, <laughs> like watching whatever. This particular one was one I really, you know, this is before we were actually married when this first came out. And I really tried because I figured the 80s theme would really get get her. I started watching from the first, from the minute it came out at 9 p.m., Mm -hmm. you know, Pacific time on a whatever Thursday that was, I started watching the episodes. And I had to play this little game with her, like pretend I hadn't watched the first six episodes. Hey, I found this show. We should watch it together. Right. And then so I like I've never seen it. And so I got her to watch one episode and she kind of she doesn't like scary stuff. And this is this even this is too scary. So I tried to play like I hadn't watched it. My daughter won't watch anything with me. She'll watch stuff with her uncle. Like this exact same show she'd watched 10 times. She'd watched all of Supernatural and all of all that other stuff. So I ended up watching this alone just secretly. Because that's, again, one of those things that I forget. I feel like I have to hide, even though my wife doesn't care because she doesn't like it anyway. But I had this all done by, you know, if it came out Thursday night, I had it done by Friday afternoon. That first yeah. thing it was great. Yeah. And it, like yeah. I said, it, it caught all those things. The, the thing that hit me is just the, the, just the, the, the title sequence. Just that red laser. Uh, yeah. 
And that yes. feel kind of came back to Cloak and Dagger. It came mm-hmm. back to uh, War Games. John Carpenter-style soundtrack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That beat, that electric pulse there. And you just sit there and you go, okay, this is an 80s movie set or an, a show about the 80s. It feels like an 80s movie. You know, not to tie it back too much and go too far away, but it it was set in like the 90s, but if they tried to make it look like it was 80s in that, that right. uh, location. Yeah. And so they kind of had a similar look and you have a, you know, you had Mike in both things or Finn, whatever his name is, Finn Wolfhard. But yeah, this, this movie just captured all those pieces. Like you said, this had all the swearing that Goonies had and that, you know, E.T. had and the, the yeah. kids were kind of dicks yeah. to each other. It felt, mm-hmm. it felt yeah. authentic again. And it, mm-hmm. it was just like that big 80s smile came over my face and I was like, I'm not letting this go. So I'm done. Yeah. And it yeah. sort of had a, a filmic look like it was almost on VHS also. Like yeah. it had that, that feel of like, Total yeah. 80s immersion. Yeah. 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 No, I'm, I, I watched it and right off the bat. Very first, like, Jason. As soon as it hit 9 p.m. here, I think it was released. I watched the first four episodes. But I was an adult, Michael. And I was asleep. <laughs> and then I worked oh, the next day. Yes. And then I, I finished the other four episodes afterwards. Uh, well, yeah, you um, can just go to work and watch them from your iPhone and then... <laughs> Something like that, I would want to watch on a big oh. screen. I'm like, well, this creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's because you're an adult, Kenny, and I'm a child. <laughs> <laughs> <Right> now. <laughs> um, now, some of you guys kind of answered this. How did you watch it? Did you binge it all at one time? Did you watch it over a period of time? I tried to take my time with it, and it just like I, I think that's kind of the uh, the consensus, especially with married folks here on the panel. Mm-hmm. You try to watch it, especially if your spouse is into it. My wife was totally into it, so I tried to wait and watch it with her, and mm-hmm. then eventually I couldn't wait. I needed to see what was going on, and so I left her behind and consumed every, each season. At that point, each season was done within like two nights of watching. It was mm-hmm. finished, and I absolutely lied to her about watching. <laughs> oh. but Netflix shows like it literally shows you that it was watched. Not if so you I... have two separate accounts. Oh my God. <laughs> also, what you're saying is she you should name, not listen to this podcast. It's really simple. You if just you read... name one of your accounts options, you're good. <laughs> All you okay. have to do, and also, Barry, if you restarted, it looks like it's never been played before. You just have to hit start. That's true. Yeah. How to hide it lie to your spouse. Barry, how did you watch it? Um, I, I don't remember. I sort of, because the kids have to go to bed, obviously, I, we would only watch like an episode or two, I'm pretty sure. But I think like if it was a Saturday, we would just like, I don't yeah. care what was the plan. Like, this is what we're doing now. Like, yeah. I don't, that, that's what we were doing. This is what we're doing now. Um, <laughs> Because the the kids were so involved with it, so we whatever their schedule, like whatever we could do, but it was probably consumed in a weekend at the very most. It wasn't yeah. like a weeks and weeks, like like Joe was saying. Yeah, and it wasn't the same for each season because that season one you didn't know what you had, and you, then you watched it, fell in love with it, and wanted to either watch it quickly or try to make it last as long as you could. But then I, when season I, two came out, you knew you knew you had what to it was going to be, it. and you're like, I yeah. have, yeah. Did yes. you watch it faster than you watched the first one? I think so. Yeah. I, the third I don't know season. if I'm speaking for everyone, but I sort of feel like once you knew you were all in. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All in every season. Yeah. Because I think I binged the entire second season like in yeah. one, almost an entire city. I think I watched like sure. seven episodes and then That's two good. more. You know? So, yeah, I definitely. I think if we could have pulled an all-nighter, the kids would have. Like, that's how much they loved it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
My kids are teenagers, full disclosure. Like they're like 16 and 15. So it's not like they were like eight year olds. I have have a 16 year old also. And uh, she stays up way later than me. A lot of times it's like, hey, grandpa, like I'm the one coming out. Be quiet. (laughs) But I I thought they would identify with the characters. They were kids their age. So I thought this would be perfect for them when we watched it the first time. I'm like, there's a show. I think you guys should watch it. And yeah. They were, how did they, how did they take to the eighties theme? You were mentioning that earlier. Since most of us were, I was born in the seventies, but I grew up. I was ten to twenty in the eighties, so I was, that was like the prime age for me. Yeah. Did they get the references? Did they enjoy this? Um, or did you think you enjoyed it more because you lived through those times? Eighties. Uh, uh, I th- I think they identified with it. I think they think it's neat seeing that that genre. I, I don't know whether I had to explain anything or not because I mean it's very palatable. Anyone can yeah. consume it. Yeah. I don't think it's it, very palatable. So I I don't know. I they just <laughs> we love it. <laughs> I'm so glad you had us talk about it because I love to talk about it. Um, let's go ahead and talk about our our favorite character. Who wants Bob. to start? Bob. Jenny. Bob. I love Bob. Yeah, <laughs> I hate horribly. Oh. Um, but let's, uh, let's pick. Let's really, pick main character. Main character. Main, we'll do, does it have then to we'll be do a main character? Well, let's, let's do a, no, but let's here's do, the thing. I don't. I don't really like any of the kids. Okay. To be honest, they kind of annoy me. <laughs> That's funny. Wow. I don't mean to be a I jerk, pick. but I was just like, no. God, kids, get your stuff together. <laughs> oh. uh, but if I had to pick one of the main kids, I would pick Dustin. If I had to okay. pick one of the kids, but I do want to quickly talk about Billy. Because I hated him. Yeah. So badly. And I was so mad they were bringing him back in season three. And I was like, (laughs) screw this guy. Why are you bringing him back? And I thought it was such a BS reason. Because on all the interviews, they're like, we just wanted a human character that was bad. I was like, (laughs) stupid. stupid reason. Yeah. Totally. Season three. I jumped all over the Billy train. I was like, dang. Yeah. <laughs> Once he possessed him, I was like, oh, this, that, he was an amazing actor. And yeah. I, and I just, I think I really appreciated him in season three because I was like, oh no, he did a really good job. It's crazy what he does from the yeah. beginning of season two to the very end of season yeah. three. And he becomes a sympathetic character amazing. that you're upset when he dies. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I like, that's you the, go. That's the sign of a, a good villain or a bad character when you hate him enough that you're like, I don't want him to be back, but you don't realize like that's the character is doing that to you. Yeah. To, yes. 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 Yeah. That's totally what happened. So I loved Bob because I just loved him the whole time. Yeah. And yeah. Like, oh God, that was heartbreaking. And then yeah. Billy for the, like the way he arked was just, <laughs> Mwah, nice, kid. Joe. How, how about you? Um, I'm okay. So I'm with Jenny. Like I think all the kids by the third season, I'm kind of done with the kids. For <laughs> by I'm glad I'm not alone. No, they they do. They kind so of bad. become by the third season. They kind of become the uh, I don't know a means to an end. Like we kind of have to tell the story through their eyes. Uh, I think there's still some good stuff going on story wise, but like especially Mike. I'm just kind of done with Mike by the third mm. season. I'm like, hey, quit being such a jerk, man. But then I realized, yeah, yeah but they're kids. That's what they're supposed to do. That's, what that's what's so great do. about them yeah. is that um, they are so like teenagers. You yeah. hate them and they're just annoying. So Jenny like- talked about an arc and yeah. it brought me immediately to Steve Harrington. Yeah. I, um, yeah. Steve Harrington. I think we all had a bully or we experienced that that douchebag bully from TV or movies, but we kind of mm-hmm. had someone like that. And it's funny that now 
especially people in our generation, we grew up watching the underdog stories where someone had to face that bully. And now we're producing material about those bullies redeeming themselves like mm-hmm. look at cobra kai uh you know maybe mm-hmm. if you want to go so far as to look at wicked where we get to see the other yeah. side like yeah. there we have definitely our generation has embraced these shades of gray there isn't mm-hmm. just bad there isn't just good there are motivations that bring us places and we got to see that with steve harrington in the first season where for, but for for all intents and purposes he could have just been like walked out on nancy and just taken off but when he comes running back in to try to mm-hmm. fight off the demogorgon and and save her and 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 uh jonathan i was like this is great and all they've done with him after that is just yes. really build a richer character season two season three like the development that they are doing with steve harrington is like yes the only criticism I could possibly have about him is no kid is that good. Like when, when he has that scene with Maya Hawk in season three and she reveals that like, Mm -hmm. she's gay and he's just like the perfect response to it. Like, well, you're too good for her anyway. Like, what kid thinks of that? Like that's that's but Steve it makes Harrington you, does. Steve Harrington. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, he's too he's my favorite. For this earth. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry for rambling on it, but nice. I, I love Steve. Nice. No, okay. that's awesome, Michael. Uh, I I know Jenny doesn't like the kids, but like my favorite character is Dustin because like I have always loved uh, the mouth of you know character, <laughs> the character that says what everybody's thinking and mm-hmm. you know is literally no filter because that was me as a kid like i was the kid that was the friend that was going to say something inappropriate (laughs) for no reason other than you don't realize it's inappropriate or maybe you do but like talking about an arc like from season one where he is so like loyal and defendant of his friends to season three where he and steve have this like big brother little brother relationship like Mm -hmm. the arc that that character has gone on which they could have just kept him as comic relief the entire time like you're now invested into this kid who clearly like there are times I just want to punch Mike in the face and I'm the character, not me personally, but uh, (laughs) but, like, you know, Dustin, you're just like, this kid is is just, you want to root for him to to have a moment. And then when he had that duet, like, (laughs) thank you for paying off that. Like the girlfriend was real. Yeah, like, yes. it could have so easily been like, oh, we made it up the whole time. And I'm like, no, Dustin would do that. Yeah, and they paid off in a big way. So uh, good. Awesome. So yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have the unpopular opinion here, though. Uh, I, I, I liked the moment. I liked that they had the, like, it was cute. It made me laugh. I just felt like it came at such an, like, the wrong time. Even for comic yeah. relief, I felt like, this isn't the time for this. Uh, I feel like the stakes are a little high right now. That's what I loved about it, is it absolutely yeah. was not the time for that. Yeah. It's the last thing the you perfect, expected. It was also the perfect 80s movie moment, because if you go back and watch 80s movies, they always have that thing at the third act that makes absolutely no sense why it's happening, but you're like, <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Barry? Well, Gaten was my entry into the show because he's a Broadway kid and like he was in Les Mis, he was uh, Gavroche, so the kid could sing. I knew he had chops. So when I saw that he was going to be in the show, that was like why, why I went to go see it, you know, yeah. why I wanted to watch it. Yeah. And clearly he got, he's got chops because we just talked about his, his story arc and how great he did in, in that. Um, I, I agree. Uh, they killed off Bob. My heart oh. broke. Um, and I still sort of feel justice for Barb. Like, 
I, yeah, I feel like up? there, there up, has dude? to be a way to bring her back. Come on. There has to be a way. <laughs> That's it. Uh, Barb has right. forgotten about Barb at this point. Mm-hmm. Nope, I have not. I have not. Mm-hmm. How about you, Jason? Uh, I am a sucker for a, a, a grumpy hermit curmudgeon with a heart of gold i gotta uh, say so hopper is yep. is my yeah. is my man right yeah. yeah like i uh you know you know and there's always that thing where you try and find the relationships between people but like i'm a i'm a stepdad to a a, a really like feisty you know now 16 year old but i've known since it was nine had to figure out how to connect with somebody i didn't you know necessarily know how to i was i was uh i was uh i did get married till i was 40 on purpose like i wasn't planning on getting married ever I was a dreaming, like he was living my life, cab in the woods, maybe not as an, a police officer, but just, just out there somewhere alone. That's all I wanted to do. Um, I like those kind of people and, and, and the way he does it and the, 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 the sweetness that he has with 11 and then the connection he has to his ex-girlfriend, you know, his, yeah. the love of his life back in the day. I love that. Oh, oh God, I'm so sorry. I get really excited <laughs> about this. Um, but, uh, and, you know, and I think that that's why for me, like, and we'll get into it later, like season one is so i love it so much in season two is harder for me because you separate some of the things that relationship um and they're not together and that's when i think it's the most beautiful mm-hmm. hmm. very nice yeah um for me obviously if you follow me on facebook you know i cosplayed as this person uh and several of you have mentioned dustin who who uh, <laughs> who uh yeah so uh dustin he was my favorite of, of the characters bob is and a you second. look like doppelganger like yeah, with the with the wig and the, the black teeth and yeah it was no, it, it was, it was really good yeah like if they want to literally fast forward the move the show like 20 years <laughs> you are what he looks like yes yeah so yeah he's definitely if he's they definitely need a standard like if you do you do jujitsu? Do you do stage combat? Like, do you do any of that? And you yeah. sing Never Ending Story. Can you host, I, I, can you host you a wanna, show? You don't want to hear me sing. I'm sure. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so he would definitely be my favorite. Bob is yeah. a close second. I did love, love Bob as well. And I loved Joyce. But I think I loved Winona Ryder's portrayal. Yeah. Yeah. She's an amazing actress. Yes, and this was such a nice comeback for her. Honestly, I was so After excited. All for of the bad press so she got. It, yes, yeah, and unnecessary bad press. It worked out for her yeah. too. Yeah, it, it, she's definitely she's one of the key ingredients to that series. But did we like Bob because of Lord it of the Sean Rings? Aston. I mean, like, it's Sean, Sean Astin. Astin. It's Sean yeah, Astin. Yeah. Like, is that why we like Bob? No. I mean, was it Bob all was that, a nice or do I really I, well, like Bob? Well, I mean, Bob, I, you because I think it's because in any other movie you would have eventually, or even, any other show you'd have eventually found out Bob's evil. Bob has yeah. ulterior yes. motives, and Bob they they made the very smart choice of making Bob sincere, and that's why you love Bob because <laughs> yeah. no matter yes. what, he did exactly what he was supposed to do, not what you kind of that you expected them to swerve yet. Right. Yeah, and they right. gave you they gave you an adult that identified with the kids. It's you know, talking to Will about being bullied and how you just gotta face that bully and yeah. like I just I thought it was beautiful. Like it, it was it, but I felt the same way as you. Like I felt like they were building him up to be something and I guess that's where I really appreciated that they did kind of subvert the expectation there. Uh totally. and and for his like his final heroic act. Like they're they're trapped in the Hawkins lab and he's like someone's got to do something and he makes that say and you think for a split second he's done it they're gonna get out of there yeah. and those 
damn dogs. Oh, <laughs> there's only yeah, and it's like only Sean Astin or Patton Oswalt could play that character. Like yes. only people you buy is sweet enough to do that. And, and that's yeah. the one thing I did love about it. It's like it's uh, his character is a quintessential '80s like good dad character. Like he he is broody. He's Mikey. He's like all of those characters in that. <laughs> And then, but as an adult, this is kind of like the same thing when you watch like a Disney movie, when you watch Little Mermaid, when you were like 16 and you understand Ariel's rebellious nature and then you're 30 and you're like, now I get King Triton. But right. like, <laughs> um, for me, like as an adult, I'm, I'm waiting for that cynicism to be paid off of he's going to turn evil and it yeah. never happens. Yeah. That's where Stranger Things like keeps the childhood nostalgia part of me alive. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. That's a great point. Nice correlation. Yeah. Ariel. <laughs> no, I um, wasn't. That was flippant, but it really was. <laughs> it was sincere. It was sarcastic, but sincere. So yeah. I, the edge went a little too further than I wanted it to. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take it as a compliment. Nice. Uh, really quick, let's just talk our favorite seasons. Don't go too in depth. Just tell me one, two, or three. Joe, what's your favorite season? The first season. I think yeah. the, we didn't know what to expect, and it was just – it stood on its own merits. It's fantastic. Yeah. Does anyone else have not season one? Uh, no, I was going to – go ahead, ahead Michael. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, count me with Joe. I was going to say the exact same thing. Yeah. I was going to say season three just because while the Russian subplot was completely unbelievable and, like, a lot of stuff went down, um, I loved all the stuff in the mall – and like, I really felt like they made Scoops Ahoy feel like someplace that you've actually been. Like it was a total mm. Mandala effect. Like yeah. I really feel like I was in Scoops Ahoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't know how I haven't been in Scoops Ahoy. <laughs> <laughs> but I just like that whole, like, it was like Night of the Comet. Like we were in yeah. the mall and like all of that stuff. Like that, that's, I, I agree with season one. Like I've, I love all of them. Like it's, mm-hmm. yeah. it's picking yeah. and growth. I agree. But, season one, uh, best overall season i think season three had some of my favorite scenes uh-huh. I think, you know yeah yeah I, I agree with that i just watched all three seasons recently so they're all fresh again in my you head. watched them back watch it yeah i mean i watched them multiple times anyways already but yeah just recently i watched them watch i think reaction videos to them so i actually pretty much saw all the highlight reels of each episode and yeah i agree season one is just because we didn't know what it was mm-hmm. and it was so unexpected and it was so amazing and it was so charming, and it was, you know, especially being a baby of the '80s, it was oh, it yeah. was like watching The Goonies, or it was uh-huh. like watching. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it took me right back to being 12 years old. Right. All things Stephen you know? King, John Carpenter, yeah. like the kids on bikes movies. Yeah. Where Stand se- by me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Stand by me. Season two and three are are great, but they definitely garner they 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 cash in on the goodwill garnered by season one. Uh, Season one's the reason why we're invested in the first place. And you never get around that. Like season two and three are just without one setting up the, 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 the the foundation. uh, I I'm curious where we would be with those. Yeah. Well, yeah. Season two and three are just, they're still season one. It's just a continuation of the good things. Oh no, I've got a, I've got a question because season three, I remember season three kind of takes place within a twenty four hour period, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's one or two day period. It's, it's like one or two days. Yeah, yeah. And, but the the first one is like it, it goes over a couple of weeks, right? Is it a few he's, weeks or one week? He's, yeah, he's missing at least a week. 
Okay. So yeah, right. it definitely goes longer than that. I, w- I was having a discussion with my wife about this where I was like, were all three seasons like just a quick, like 48, 24 to 48 hours. Uh, yeah. And, and I never researched it. So I thought that I'd ask the, the professionals. Yeah. <laughs> I think they, they, they all have different, I mean, they're all connected to seasons. So like season four is going to be winter, but otherwise right. they're all, hmm. they're not necessarily tied back to a set amount of time, but yeah, that, that first one I think is the longest of the three. The yeah. second one is only over a couple days in gotcha. Halloween. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. So now, why do you think Stranger Things became a phenomenon? Obviously, you know, we can pick out the music. The retro, the, the music. Yeah, I mean, the filmic style. Is there anything yeah. specific that just made it? Because when it hit, it hit hard. And it went crazy. And it became I think huge. It was, I think it was aimed at the perfect demographic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we, our generation, we are the ones consuming the most of this medium, you know, these, these TV shows were, and we are starved for good sci-fi right now. I mean, everything Mm -hmm. is a retread of star Wars or a retread of star Trek, you know, one of those franchises. And if it isn't us milking those dry, we're doing some kind of adaptation of a a YA novel of like a vampire in love with a fairy princess, like cool, man. But can we get some like just fun sci-fi going again? And that's what this was. It was a return to fun sci-fi, something that felt a little dangerous and we weren't quite sure. Sure. But like Michael said, it kind of it, it spoke to something within us that that child within us that you watch these things yeah. with wonder, like something yeah. that brought magic to TV and film. Yeah, it found that thing that that's been lost that kind of got lost after the 80s where you can have shows that are, you know, still PG-13 or PG and that are kind of geared towards the kids and adults that are actually a little bit scary. Mm-hmm. They stopped. They, people got a little bit nervous about that in the '90s, 2000s, and it, it brought that back to where you can have a little bit of horror. You can yeah. have kids swear, and you can also, you know, but you can capture the imaginations by not being overly like, you know, gross or having a lot of like gore on the screen. And sure. it, it captured that the, the the perfect feel of it. I mean, mm-hmm. they just did everything right. They really you you felt like there was a it, it, you, there was love for it. You know, mm-hmm. um, what was that movie? Eight, not eight millimeter. That was the the. The other one I'm thinking of, but the JR, the JJ Abrams movie from a few years ago. Oh, oh super, yeah. super eight. Super eight. Super eight. Uh, you know, that would be the side of this that I think didn't do this well and didn't, you know, didn't yes. get as far as, you know, Agreed. it had all the techniques and a lot of the kid stuff, but didn't have the authenticity of something like this. And yeah, I think that's the differentiator between the t- these kinds of things that really yeah. hit. Plus, it's on Netflix and there's nine episodes and it just feels cool. And the minute you hear that music, you're like, I'm in. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and uh, wasn't this one of the first series that just dropped all episodes at one time? Everything on Netflix always did that. Like they have almost everything on Netflix. But they changed that. Does Netflix still do that now? Netflix still yeah. does. Okay, so it's all the other streaming services that did. They don't do it, and they, they do some shows. There's a couple things that are more like the live, the Joel McHale shows and that kind of stuff that they didn't do all at once, but they've always done this, and I think that, you know, that's another part of this, that you can just get through this in a weekend and just love it. Is that a good thing? Because I, I don't I, know. I, I'm old enough know. to remember the days where you had to watch an episode, wait a whole week, sometimes yep. a whole summer. And you talked right. about it and anticipated yep. it and got excited for it. So when it was on again, it and it was and it was amazing, it was so worth that wait. Yeah. And now you can sit there and watch nine episodes in a row, it's over. And you gotta wait hate, a whole year. I I hate to cop out on this, but I think it depends on the show. I think I something like Stranger Things has the kind of legs where it could survive either way. But something like The Mandalorian, you want to stretch out a little bit more wow. and let people Absolutely. kind of digest it because that's that's released week by week, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. And for me, it works. I'm glad I get a week to kind of 
digest it before moving on. Whereas Stranger Things, I'd probably kill myself if I could <laughs> move on to the next one as quickly as I wanted to. It's tough. I think that I, I tell myself it's just like it's just like cookies. I tell myself I'm just gonna have one and then uh-huh. <laughs> eating them all, and then I'm just thing, like yeah, the it's empty. five. It's five in the morning. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I guess I gotta go find different cookies because I'm. Oh my god. <laughs> so I, I love my, it. My point on the show as to why I think it works is something that Joe and Jason both hit on is that they did the kids perfect. Like very rarely in, in the last 15 to 20 years has Hollywood remembered that you could do a good movie where the kids are the lead mm. and the kids, you don't have to play dumb down the kids or you don't have to make the kids too smart. Like mm-hmm. they hit the tone at the exact right pitch that you, you knew these kids. It. You you grew up with these kids. Absolutely. If you grew up yeah. in the eighties or nineties, you they either were on knew or grew up with these kids. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Or and they I were think that's My sister had all, yeah. four, all four of her front teeth missing until she was like, yeah. like for two or three years. So like between like fifth and seventh grade, no teeth. Yeah. Like up there. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. funny. Isn't it amazing the talent that kids have nowadays? Like you compare just these kids, compare them to like Jake the Lloyd after, in the, the after school specials. <laughs> yes, the after school specials. Like these kids, I mean, they're like 12 years old when they made the what second season? Yeah. I right. think the kid who played Will was 12, and it's like, this kid is so much talent. It's only yeah. gonna get better. Yeah. yeah. Look at yeah, look at these impressive. kids compared to the nineties made for TV it. Like it's yeah. night oh. and day. Yeah. Yeah. Look, don't say an unkind word about Jonathan Brandis. He's no longer with us. <laughs> Not an unkind word about him at all. But just like you can, you can tell that there is a different caliber of actor in these kids. Absolutely true. Yeah. All right. Let's go with predictions. Season four is coming out hopefully soon at some point. Once Do we know? Time. Have they said anything? Like, is it in the <gasps> they put out a teaser? The they just yeah. they just started reshooting after COVID. So. <laughs> They're still in the middle of shooting. They'll take it out. Probably won't be until the October next year. Because I saw Gaten on a, a Broadway web interview, and but he mm-hmm. didn't mention anything about reshooting. So I'm glad that you were able to share. Yeah, they just you. literally started like this week. Good. Shooting, Good. So hopefully, hopefully we'll get it soon. Um, but I, I think, any, my, any predictions? My prediction is this is going to be your homage to Red Dawn. Mm. Oh, that. That's cool. That would tie. That means they're going to die, but two of them. That would be horrible. You got to kill the kids off. Oh no! You have to eventually. I mean, they can't make it through every season. Yeah, well, no, well, they keep saying there's a time jump. I don't. I don't, I don't know details. I, I I try to avoid details. They kind of have to be. They're getting but older. They would have to be. Yeah, the actors are getting older since the eight month breakdown. You know, well, they couldn't shoot. So I, I just watched a uh, uh, Hubie Halloween. I and watched the kid that, too. The kid that plays. Uh, Will in that looks unrecognizable as the kid from Stranger Things. Like That's he Will. Out. Yeah, I had no idea. He did not even recognizable. I watched that this weekend. I had no yeah. idea. That's crazy. Uh, so yeah, I mean, they're going to have to. They're getting to a point quickly where they have to age jump. And yeah. and Billy Bobby Brown in Nola Holmes. Nola Holmes. Yeah, she's gorgeous. Yeah. Oh my. God, gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, she was beautiful as 11, a shaved head and all, but like we're watching Enola Holmes tonight before coming to this. And oh my God, gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wonder with this one, because again, we're setting it in winter. Obviously we have a Cold War thing. We have the Russia thing. I'm really hoping, you know, talking about Night of the Common a little bit, but more like the thing, like we have a little bit more yes. of an homage to something like Ooh, that. Wow, yeah, yeah I, can, I can definitely see that during mm-hmm. winter time. 
that'd be cool. If it were any other season, I would say just based on the uh, based on what they've focused on in the in the last three, like the first one was kind of the D and D poltergeist thing. Uh, the second season was uh, was a little more of like that the um, uh, the exorcist, you know, the, the will being kind of possessed thing, and then this third one was like the mall and like the red scare. Mm-hmm. And I would think like the natural if you're trying to track the eighties, the natural next thing would probably be like something a little bit more focused on space, something, uh, you know, that's night of the comet. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the, uh, I would, I would think something a little bit more space driven. Uh, but if it's winter, it's like no one's launching rockets in the winter. So yeah, I would, the thing, which is one of my all time favorite movies to do something like that, have like, you know, a beast that's kind of a doppelganger of the kids. Um, Mm. that's, that's perfect. That's ripe with possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we have what a year to wait, see what happens. Oh gosh. I, I sort of think that Will's gonna come out of the closet. They sort of hinted at it at the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can did. I say that and not regret it later because I I'm sort of here for it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be fine if they did. Well, and they, you know they and this is one of the th- problems I had with season two, um, is that season one and season two both kind of just took Will off the table. They uh-huh. just you know, the first season they had to, that was part of the thing. When the second season is like, well, he's their friend, but we haven't really shown them interact. So we can just knock him off the table again. And he doesn't have to be a part of the plot. We'll just make him possessed and mm-hmm. gone for most of the season. He does some amazing acting. during. Season. He does, but, but he's not part of that friend group. Like he's, he's yes. on the outside of both. He's the, he's the victim in both stories basically, mm-hmm. or he's the, he's the MacGuffin and everything all tied into one. It would be nice in this fourth season to, to, actually dig into that character a little bit more yeah i think to your point uh he gets sidelined uh in season three too like he's kind of it's kind of like well we we got we got to give him something to say we've got to give him something to do just kind of shove this at him will can do this thing like it it is kind of unfair that his character still hasn't gotten his proper due yeah yeah very cool let's go ahead and move on to some interesting facts this is when i scoured the internet uh first of all i'm just saying i pulled these from the internet they're not fact-checked, so if they're not right... Do with then, them what you will. Yes, take them with a grain of salt, but I just thought some of these were some interesting facts that I ran across, and we're going to just go through and read them and then discuss each one as we do. So I'll start us off here. Uh, before being picked up by Netflix, Stranger Things was rejected by 15 networks. In the beginning, Duffer Brothers prepared a script of Stranger Things series along with a 20-page pitch book. They pitched the story to 15 cable networks, but all of them rejected it as they felt the plot centered around children as leading characters would not work. I think my that, 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 that was a bad idea. Bad idea. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they even asked the Duffer Brothers to make the children, to make it a children's show or drop the children's and focus on Hopper investigation in the paranormal, which I, I mean, I would, like that too, because I loved Hopper as a character. Yeah. Uh, but eventually, the whole season was purchased by the streaming network uh, Netflix. So and the rest is history. Thank you. You imagine those those executives at those fifteen other networks kicking themselves for <laughs> oh, letting yes. the series go by. Mm-hmm. So I I can tell you that this is a hundred percent fact because I went through something similar around the same time. I had a, a script that I was working on, uh, and it had same kind of premise, but it was like m- set in a modern period. And everybody I pitched it to was like, you know, 2013, 14. They're like, nobody wants to see a horror movie with kids as the lead. I'm like, are you kidding yeah. me? Wow. Like, yeah. I have rejection letters from about that time before this came out that made me so happy that Stranger Things came out. Because I was like, finally, somebody gets it. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. you know what's weirdly um, ironic about that too is they got, these guys wrote um, one of the other things they did was they wrote for Wayward Pines, which is basically the story of a a displaced sheriff going to some crazy place and investigating paranormal. Like they already did that show. It did fine. It got, yeah. Barely got a second season. You don't need to recreate that. That I'm, yeah. you know, again. Yeah. Yeah. When it was time to decide the title and appearance, the Duffer Brothers were influenced by Stephen King's novel Firestarter. Uh, using it, they came up with a long list of potential alternatives. Finally, they decided on Stranger Things, as it sounded similar to another Stephen King novel, Needful Things. Also, they used the 80s Dungeons & Dragons Player's Handbook as an inspiration for the font used for Stranger Things. Monkey so, hit, hitting us just subconsciously <laughs> with yeah. all of the things that feel like home. Yeah, yeah. They were, everything was spot on. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think they need to change anything. The audition for Stranger Things was quite tough. 906 boys and 307 girls auditioned for the role of 11. Wait, girls auditioned for... Boys uh, auditioned uh, for 11? Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> uh, 11, Mike, Dustin, Lucas, and Will. I'm sorry. I was just being funny. Uh, during the audition, the kids were asked to read classic scenes from Stand By Me, which we talked about. Uh, finally, Millie, ba- uh, Bobby Brown, Finn, Wolfhard, Gaten Matarazzo, Caleb McLaughlin, and Noah Schnapp got the lead roles. Thank God. Since the kids didn't know one another at first, they created a chat group before shooting... Uh, so when they arrived in Atlanta for the shoot, all of them had already developed a close-knit bond. How nice. Oh, wow. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. I mean, it's very, very now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is appropriate. Well, I guess not for them because it's the 80s, but... But uh, for the, the, yeah. the, the actors themselves. <laughs> it was a very international cast as Gaten Matarazzo, who is Dustin, Caleb McLaughlin, who is Lucas, are from New York. Finn Wolfhard, who plays Mike, is from Canada, and Millie Bobby Brown is 11. She comes from the United Kingdom. And you would never know that. Her accent is yeah. spectacular. It's so good, so good. Duffer Brothers wanted Stranger Things to be a tribute to 80s cinema, so they added film grain to the footage to create an authentic aged effect of the 80s. Also, the Duffer Brothers wanted to add elements of scare into the series, which would be similar to the 1980s PG-13 movies. The 80s scary movies were much more about mood, atmosphere, suspense, and dread than of gore. That's why Stranger Things has the slow dread feeling throughout the series. This is exactly what we were talking about. Yeah, 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 and I think Barry mentioned the film. I did. I did not read your facts beforehand. I know. (laughs) I know. I'm like, oh no, he's 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 giving it away. Stuff. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but good job. I'm glad you noticed it because they actually did add grain to the film to make it look more 80s. Like total VHS. Like like yeah. you popped a VHS in. and Which is so cool. The tracking lines. Yeah, that's... yeah. 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 The character of Eleven is played on screen by 12-year-old Millie Bobby Brown. Obviously, this is season one. And the last episode of Stranger Things season one, Mike kisses Eleven while his friends are away searching for food. Uh, while it was the first kiss uh, for Eleven, it's also the first kiss for Millie as well. In an interview, uh, Finn Wolfhard, uh, who plays the role of Mike, claims that when the director said cut after the kissing scene, Millie exclaimed that it sucked. <laughs> uh, well, I had heard that it was the first kiss. I had heard that before. Yeah. Man, that's that, tough. That is really tough. That might have uh, actually been in, they had that documentary series that they had um, when the show first dropped. Maybe they talked about it in there. Maybe that's maybe. where I it. Fred Savage's first the, kiss was on uh, from, uh, was that with, uh, what, with Winnie Cooper? Cooper. That, was yeah. his first oh, yeah. their, that was their first kisses too, back in the old days from that's that show. Crazy. 
Uh, yeah, I remember there being a little controversy about that because the documentary talks about the kiss and then everybody forgets that all of those kids' parents were there and present there. for it. So yeah. nothing happened without the, the consent. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't, well, there's like a million people, like film crew, like <laughs> nothing bad is happening. Yeah, and it is the sweetest, most innocent kiss. It's it really so is. it's such a great moment for them. Yeah. 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 Barbara Barb Holland is the best friend of Nancy, but at the same time, she is portrayed as a geek and a misfit. When the Stranger Things series was released, people instantly connected with her character. So after Barb's untimely death, uh, many hashtags started trending, such as hashtag justice for Barb and hashtag we are all Barb. Due to her increased fandom, Shannon Purser, who plays Barb on screen, had to quit her job at a movie theater. That's because people kept dropping by the theater to try and get a glimpse of Stranger Things tragic oh. heroine. <laughs> wow. Oh, no. Yeah, lost her job. Yeah, she lost. Man. She not only got killed off halfway through the first season, <laughs> she, lost her she also gig. couldn't work at the movie theater. <laughs> but she did become a really iconic character. Yeah. For someone who had a very up. short amount of time being on I, screen. Being iconic doesn't buy more milk. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Very true. She doesn't get residual checks for them saying her character. (laughs) She did have a follow-up movie at Netflix cast her in a a film after that. I do. Yeah, that's right. I forget the name of it. I'm sorry, but but she is. There you go. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) It was good when I watched it. I just don't remember the name of the film. Um, Come on, guys. Give her credit. (laughs) Justice for Barb. Justice for Barb. Matarazzo's voice deepened by four octaves over the course of his first season. In fact, his voice changed so much he was unable to participate in additional dialogue recording, ADR when uh, production rep. So he had a Peter Brady con- uh, problem going on, it sounds like. Man, and that's it's rough. time to change. Time to rearrange. I had that problem when I was like, I was 11, 12 years old. My voice changed and it got deeper. And it was the first time I was going to have a date with a girl like we were just gonna meet up we were talking on the phone and stuff so i called up asking to talk to her and her dad's like who is this and i'm like this is joe i go to school with your daughter he's like what and i guess told her like he sounds like he's 20 who's this guy that's calling you <laughs> he, ins- he insisted on talking to my parents yeah so that's that's a tough that's a now, tough now i could just picture your voice now which is which is, by the way, like butter. I love it. Yeah, coming out of yeah. like a twelve-year-old, yeah. thirteen-year-old, like, like just hey, hey. <laughs> I've come to pick up your daughter. <laughs> I want to talk to Kelly. It's Kelly. <laughs> come for your daughter. Uh, come for your daughter, uh, Chip. <laughs> uh, in an interview, the Duffer brothers have claimed that they wanted Demogorgon to be recognizable anywhere. So while creating it, they made sure that it had a definite silhouette. The Demogorgon had such a simplicity that a 12-year-old child watching it could sketch it. The vision that of the brothers had led so much fan art on Twitter that they claimed it to be gratifying. Which is true. It's a very recognizable silhouette if you see the Demi Gorgon. And it has been copied on. now. Like, you can see, like, I don't even remember which show it was, but, like, there was, uh, it's just recently that it was that five thing yeah, with yeah. the mouth, and I was like, we saw that already, guys, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't even remember what it was, but it was like within the past two weeks. Yeah, yeah. A very, a very distinct production design to their creatures in this show. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. wild. Yeah. yeah. If you compare Stranger Things with Jaws or Jaws 2, there are two definite similarities. 
the uniform and SUVs of the police chief from both shows. The Hawkins police chief's tan uniform, triangle-shaped patch, and beige SUV are similar to Roy Scheider's character's equipment and clothing in Jaws and Jaws 2. These similarities also include the blue uniform and trooper sheriff-style hats worn by the patrolman, which also matches the Amity Island police uniforms from the Jaws films. And it's crazy because they had pictures with this comment and they are, they look identical and yeah. I didn't put two and two together, but now that's all I see. Mm-hmm. Look at it. Yeah. Very, very cool. Joe said that familiarity, they got it right yep. from the, yeah. yeah, they did. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, some of the scenes in Stirring Through Things were inspired and included references to the movie Poltergeist. Uh, the name of the movie appears in a flashback scene when Joyce surprises Will with tickets to go see Poltergeist. The similarities between the two movies appear when both of the trapped kids try to communicate with their respective mothers in basically the same way uh, as was done in the movie, uh, Will communicates through light bulbs while Carol Ann through a television. Oh. Which I thought, yeah, ah, right. I, don't, I don't think I had put two and two together until that makes sense. Yeah, they're both yeah. lost children talking to their moms through other means. I, I want to point out that they even got that right, that like, you know, a, no parent today would take an 11 year old to go see poltergeist but in the 80s parents were like i bought you tickets and i'm going to drop you off and here's money for popcorn yes yep enjoy (laughs) there aren't any trans dimensional horror beasts rampaging through quiet suburban towns that we know of but stranger things is based on real conspiracy theories about the united states government conducting reality bending experiments on children specifically the montauk project which has been referenced in other fiction from Lost to Thomas Pynchon's novel, Bleeding Edge, much of what Eleven experiences in the laboratory corresponds to the alleged events of the Montauk Project. No wonder you picked musicals for the last one. Montauk Project. Uh, the show was also initially called Montauk and set on the far edge of the Long Island Peninsula. Montauk was also the inspiration for the town in Jaws, another story of a monster menacing a small community and one of the many Spielberg movies that inspired Stranger Things. Lots of similarities, lots of throwbacks to the I 80s. love it. Yeah, yeah. Thank uh, you for finding these. Oh, mm-hmm. there, uh, yeah, I found it. There's so many. I just had to pick my favorites. Sean Astin's lovable lunk Bob Newby gave the second season a puzzle master and a Boy Scout's moral compass, but the character evolved in a lot of ways since his creation. At first, the Duffer brothers weren't sure they wanted Astin for the role because while he's a living nod to the Goonies, he might have stood out as being too famous as a geek icon. Then they planned to kill him off early on, but Astin and the character were too good. Yes. Really surprising, though, is the way that they intended to dispose of him. Will was supposed to murder Bob. No! Evil Will was supposed to show up with a with a, uh, a goatee, I'm sure. <laughs> was supposed to show up far earlier in the season and end the man dating his mom. Fortunately, the plan was scrapped, and Aston convinced the Duffer brothers to give him a Jaws-like gruesome death. You died a hero, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> You imagine Will killing Bob? That would no. have been no. Horrific. That would be horrible. Well, that's that how we been. all imagine Will with a goatee now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's, he's old enough to grow one now. Like he probably has one right now. <laughs> these are always like, those weird things you read about in these stories that that end up going away because it just doesn't make sense and doesn't work for the character. But those initial yeah. scripts always have stuff like this. You're like, what the? <laughs> what yeah, were they yeah. What were they thinking? Yeah, yeah. In the Stranger Things series, Eggo waffles are shown to be Eleven's favorite food. Due to this, demand for Eggo waffles started increasing just after the release of the show. 
Kellogg's hit their highest stock prices for four days after Stranger Things released. Kellogg's company, who produces Eggos, had not been part of the production prior to the first season's release, but recognizing the opportunity, they provided a vintage 1980s Eggo television advertisement for Netflix to use in Super Bowl uh, 11 commercial. There's 21. 51. 51. I don't know my room in Newark. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. LL. Is, is, that, is that 50? Super Bowl, so yeah, it's Super Bowl 51. Have there been 51 Super Bowls already? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Amazingly, cases of diabetes also went up four days after streaming. <laughs> the 1980s uh, Echo Television advertisement for now. <laughs> Barry staying on brand. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> in season one, episode seven, Eleven floats in a kiddie pool to establish contact with the dark world upside down. To make Millie, the actress who plays Eleven, float on the water, Epsom salt was used. About 1,200 pounds of salt was dissolved into the water. Which is common if you go into any of those float tanks. That's how they make you float yeah. on those, too. Yeah. So that Lots of salt, salt water? Okay. Lots of salt. Not, not even salt water. Just like water, water salt. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the character of Steve Harrington was originally written as the biggest douchebag on the planet. In yep. yep. But Joe Keery was so charming in the role that he became a fan favorite. The Duffer brothers decided to keep him and allow him to redeem himself. We Thank talked about earlier. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. I think that was a good choice. Dustin is mocked by school bullies in the first episode of season one because of his missing teeth. In response, he tells the bullies that he has, oh, you're not going to make me say that. <laughs> uh, just... You pronounce words however you want to, though. You can do this. <laughs> I don't I know, want to be right? disrespectful. El- cranial dysplasia. There you go. I, I, I hope that that's okay, and I apologize to anyone. <laughs> uh, there's a reason the scene hits home so hard. Actor Matarazzo was actually born with this disorder, which affects the development of teeth and bones. Uh, according to Millie Bobby Brown, Eleven spoke a total of 42 lines in season one of Stranger Things, which by the way, is the perfect way if you have a child actor from another country who does not know the dialect to, you know, make it sound like they're perfect because they say very few things. Yeah. In addition to being phenomenal actors, many of the young Stranger Things cast are also talented musicians. Millie Bobby Brown and Caleb McLaughlin are both singers, while Finn Wolfhard is a gifted guitarist. Millie covers Amy Winehouse, John Legend, and John Lennon in her YouTube videos, and Caleb played young Simba in the Lion King musical on Broadway. Finn prefers Nirvana, and you could find his guitar cover of Lithium on Twitter. I did not know about Caleb as young Simba. That yep. I love that. I yeah. knew about Gaten, but I did not know. Yeah, about but they, and that's what's funny is they didn't mention Gaten. They didn't all. mention Gaten at all. Exactly. Well, it's because I've already mentioned it. That's right. You already <laughs> mentioned it. Thank they're you. Like, they're like, it's Gavroche. We don't care about Gavroche. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, and 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 uh, you know, I guess you can never. If you're Millie Bobby Brown's parents, you can never be like, "There's too much swearing in this." If you're going to let her sing Amy Winehouse covers, yeah, um, I'm going to go seek that out now, though. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to hear that. I think that that would be cool. Yeah. This is very appropriate for me because a few curses have slipped out here too. In season two, a few curses <laughs> slipped out into the dialogue of the four main young characters. Netflix requested the swear words be removed from the script, but the kids objected strenuously. Their objections convinced Netflix to allow the producers to shoot alternate takes, which included the cuss words. Once Netflix execs saw the first two episodes, they decided it would be fine and allowed the language. Really? And I apologize, and I'll help you edit those out. Beep, beep. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Look, I strenuously object. I think your curse words are fine. <laughs> I, just, I, want to know, just, I want to know what they're strenuously objecting exactly. was. Because like, if yeah, I was that yeah. kid, 
I would just start peppering every line of dialogue with unintentional like foul language. Oh yeah. But, yes. well, I mean that's I, yeah. There. I mean that's what made the kids feel like kids from the eighties is that we all did that. Absolutely. I mean, I never cuss. I still don't cuss now, but I'm a really good boy. Oh, I did. Um, but <laughs> back then, so I mean, much. I had friends who did. Yeah, all the time. So. I, I I was the kid that you know the you go to the friend's house and the friends would have to prep their parents be like he's going to say something really yes. <laughs> yeah so oh, nice the cast members were only allowed to see one episode script at a time so they had no idea what happens next or who survives to the next episode and that's pretty standard now that's sop yeah. with a yeah. lot of shows nowadays well yeah. with, with social media things tend to get out there yeah I mean I'm still shocked that nobody knew about Baby Yoda. Is that, is that shocking? I, it, it blows my mind in today's yeah. time that not a single peep, you know. Uh-huh. And they took a they took a hard hit by not advertising for toys, by not. Was, I mean, and that's how they really did it. Never did Toy Fair. Mm-hmm. They never. They didn't produce any toys because they didn't want they, it. Right. That was yeah, well, dumb on their part. part. Yeah, they, they everybody would have known if they had done Toy Fair, and they, they yeah. skipped out. They skipped out on a they, like what could have been what might be the last. Good Christmas, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to keep us all surprised, which I um, I applaud them for. But uh, this this Black Friday, they're going to barely get back into the dark red. Um, <laughs> I see the remake of the Wham song, "Last Good Christmas." <laughs> I'm writing that now. The line will be changed. Last Christmas, I gave you COVID. <laughs> <laughs> you it. Write it. I get 10% of that. <laughs> uh, during its first three days on Netflix, 8.8 million people watched Stranger Things, and we were all one of them. Stranger Things 2, sorry, 361,000 people were so addicted they watched all nine episodes in the first 24 hours. Oh, yeah, for I was one of those. Yep. Yeah, I was close, close. Uh, twins, Matt and Ross Duffer, created Stranger Things based on a single premise. What if Steven Spielberg directed a Stephen King book? Oh. Which, if you think about it, that's what Stranger right. Things is. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So, so that's, those are the facts. Believe them or not. Just the facts, kids. Just the facts, yes. <laughs> good facts. Yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, very few things surprise me these days. Because there's, we've, I've seen everything. I'm 50 years old. I, I was there when Star Wars first came out. You know, so there's always very few things, but this definitely was a series that I was not expecting or not realizing I needed in my life. Mm-hmm. And it it it's it was like watching Star Wars for the first time. It was like watching something brand new, you know, even though it was familiar and it was all my childhood, it mm-hmm. still was something I'd never seen before and it was mm-hmm. so amazing. So uh, I thank you guys for chatting Stranger Things with me. Thank you. Um, I can't wait to see. We'll have, we'll have to come back from once we see season four, so we can talk season four. Oh yes, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Where's, where's um, Jenny? Um, yeah, where is guys? <laughs> what happened to Jenny? Barb. Yeah, I don't see her guys, here anymore. Where is she? Okay. Let's go ahead and uh, promote some things, and then we'll say goodbye. We'll find Jenny later. I'm sure she's somewhere around here. I hope that she's not me. <laughs> Upside down, my heavens! <laughs> I, I did see that. her. I did see her sitting on a diving board just before we left. Oh no, she's oh, barbed! No. <laughs> you just barbed Jenny. No. <laughs> uh, Michael, you want to start with uh, anything you have or Instagram where they can follow you? Uh, 
nothing to promote, unfortunately, but uh, you can find me on Instagram at MC Doherty. Uh, again, not a DJ, not a rapper, just the first two initials and last name. Uh, Joe, how about you? Yeah, uh, I am on a weekly podcast uh, called The Editing Bay. My uh, co-hosts, Joel and Tess and I, talk about movies every week. Usually they pick good movies and then I like to bring them back around to stuff like American Ninja and like, hey, let's talk about this. Uh, but we'll talk about what it does right, what it does wrong, how we would remake it and maybe do a fantasy recast. So again, the editing bay, you can check that out every week. Uh, I also do uh, voices for anime, English dub on anime and my latest, Id Invaded, which is a cross between like Jennifer Lopez's The Cell and the TV show Bones. Uh, that's now out. Uh, you can check that on like the Funimation app and also on Blu-ray. Uh, I play the character of Shiratake, one of the uh, the main researchers. And you can follow me on uh, on all social media at Next Wave Joe, where I'm pretty boring. I just post pictures of me, my kids, or I complain about products so that way companies will get back to me and give me like you know refunds and stuff. <laughs> it's really boring. So, Joe, I, I do hope that you will take the uh, much-loved 80s movie Laser Mission to them. The Brandon Lee yeah. Laser Mission? Brandon Lee Laser Mission. <laughs> I'm adding it to the list. <laughs> Barry? I don't have anything as exciting as all of these gentlemen here. Uh, I work with developmentally disabled adults with a group program called Harmony Theater, and I would love for you to check us out on Harmony Theater inc.com uh it's a wonderful charity and i am very honored to be a part of it cool and now for the granddaddy <laughs> he's gonna bring us home bring us home granddaddy hi <laughs> so i have a daily podcast called stuck at home with cliff and jason which is also a live stream on the starburns audio youtube page uh twitch facebook all those places so if you want to watch it live we have some really great guests we talk about just all the different streaming content that's out there uh this week i think we're talking with the um showrunner of that new uh, show, Tehran. Um, and we got some other stuff kind of coming up, just talking about how things are going in the streaming world. Um, on top of that, I run a podcast network, Starburns Audio. We just released a new show called Black Folks with Brandon Kyle Goodman. It's spelled black, B-L-A-C-K, folks, F-O-L-X. Um, Brandon Kyle Goodman is a writer on Big Mouth, uh, but he's also just an amazing activist um, and actor. He um, has some really great causes and uh it's just a really great show to watch we're also wanted to do a shout out for justin simeon's show don't at me uh justin as you know has dear white people is his show on netflix but he's also bad hair is coming out on hulu next week um and so we're gonna have some big stuff around that show also very cool and this this will all be in show notes so you don't know if you missed anything thank you guys again i really appreciate it and i'll thank jenny when i find her um, <laughs> Where is jenny <laughs> Where is um, she? I'm very worried. <laughs> Until next time, guys. We'll, we'll chat with you soon. See you. Thanks, Kenny. Thanks for nice Kenny. Good luck, Jenny. Bye. I hope you make it back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the Geek Roundtable. I hope you guys enjoyed that discussion on Stranger Things. We had so much fun in the discussion. This group of co-hosts are just amazing, and we always have so much fun discussing things that we love. So hopefully you guys enjoyed our roundtable. Once again, I want to thank Jenny, Joe, Michael, Barry, and Jason. And of course, I want to thank my amazing listeners who come back each month and listen to our fun roundtable. So until next time, guys, take care. That was the scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. 
Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Alienation, the newcomers podcast, is a fan cast devoted to the groundbreaking but short-lived TV series Alienation. This series tackles social issues like racism, bigotry, and intolerance with an alien twist. Each month, we will bring you a podcast dedicated to a single episode. The host will give you their thoughts on the episode, as well as some little-known behind-the-scenes information. So please subscribe to Alienation, the newcomer's podcast on iTunes, or visit our website at alienationpodcast.com. Attention, attention. Are you a fan of MASH, one of the most groundbreaking television series in history? Then take a listen to the MASH 4077 podcast, where hosts discuss their thoughts episode by episode. They will also share with you some little-known behind-the-scenes information, trivia, and so much more. So come and find them on iTunes by searching MASH 4077 podcast or online at www.mash4077podcast.com. The Geek Roundtable Podcast is a geeky fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0, United States license, all rights reserved.